Hello, Warriors, and welcome to Warrior Life Podcast number 372. This is Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson. Jeff wanted to be here today, but he is actually hip deep in setting up the preparations for our uh, private training group website. Uh, This is going to be pretty amazing, and it's something that you're going to want to get in on. Uh, We have set up a list for early notification. If you're on the list, you'll get 24 hours notice of that site before the rest of our million and a half followers gets word of it, and it will be worth it because it'll be there'll only be a limited number of spots for founding members. The founding member thing is really worth it because you're going to get access to everything in the member area for you know whatever the the uh, founding member membership is. It's pretty amazing, and you're never going to see another deal like it. When that deal comes back around, when there are more slots opened up for that membership level, I guarantee it'll be uh, a greater cost. And I don't know, having seen the early versions of the website and seen what's in there, as a matter of fact, I was just in there doing some work uh, to help out the staff earlier today, it is amazing. So if you want to get notification 24 hours before the rest of the world does about our private training group, go to warriorliferready.com slash earlybird. That's warriorliferready.com slash earlybird. And you can sign up. You put in your name and your email, and that'll put you on a list automatically so that you'll get 24 hours notice before the rest of the world finds out that they can sign up for that site. There'll be a limited number of founding spots. It's well worth it. Okay, today we are going to talk about something that was a comment in our Facebook group, the We Prepare, We Train, We Survive Facebook group. Um, uh, I asked the members there, you know, what are you focused on? What What's most on your mind right now in survival and self-defense? And there was a bunch of great comments. One of them is a topic near and dear to my heart because I am a, what's the politically correct term? Person of age? <laughs> I don't know. Don't let the Santa Claus beard fool you. I am not as young as I used to be. And uh, the comment was, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about self-defense for older people. And this is a question that comes up a lot. There are a lot of Americans who are getting older and who are worried about what they're going to do when it comes to defending themselves because they're not as young and strong and flexible as they used to be. So that is what we're going to talk about today. All right, are you ready? Then without further ado on my part, let's talk self-defense for older people. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat, Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, we're back. Again, this is Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson. There are a number of techniques that anyone can do, and I get a little annoyed at the people who seem to think that, you know, mixed martial arts style techniques are the the best way to go or the only way to go for self-defense. Because when you have someone who is older, you're not going to teach your grandmother to shoot for a takedown or to do a guillotine choke on somebody who wants to take her purse. There are certain self-defense techniques, however, that anyone can do, regardless of their physicality, regardless of their limitations, even if they have limited mobility, even if they have limited hand strength. So what I did was I put together a list of five things that I want to cover that are all defense techniques for older warriors, things that you can do as an older person uh, that will 
work in most situations and you can tailor these to your own specific level of ability. We'll talk about that as we go through these. But some of these are better than others for people who are eh, getting a little up there. I know from experience, I have uh, arthritis in one of my fingers now. It stops me from fully making a fist with my left hand. It's very painful. So if I forget and try to like throw up a closed fist punch with my left hand, I'm going to have a problem with that hand. However, Thankfully, because of my knowledge of combatives, I know that there's a number of like open hand techniques that I can do with that left hand that don't subject me to having to move that particular joint. Um, and it's just something I have to learn to adapt to. Um, there are techniques that I think would avail anybody of, uh, I'm saying that wrong, techniques that would work for anybody. Uh, no matter how old they are, no matter how weak they are, some of them you'll be able to do, some of them you might not be able to do, but in this list are things you definitely should be able to do. Uh, and we're going to start with number one, uh, which I've, I've jokingly called thumbs up, which is using your fingers or your thumbs to attack the face, specifically the eyes. I know that sounds trite. I know that that's the first thing everyone goes to when they say dirty tricks for self-defense. But the fact is, it works. Um, if you've ever watched any mixed martial arts competition where somebody accidentally took some fingers to the eyes, it stops the fight immediately. I remember one UFC where a guy got a little uh, a little free with his fingers in those those uh, MMA gloves that they wear, and he raked a guy in the eyes, and that guy immediately stopped. The, the fight was shut down. When they started the fight back up again, the guy who ended up on the floor because he took some fingers to the eye, he supposedly, quote-unquote, won the fight. But come on, in real life, there's no way that guy won because he was completely immobilized by the fingers to the eye. I, I was doing a, a escrima, you know, a stick fighting. This was years ago now, and my training partner accidentally got his stick up under my glasses and into my eye, and not real hard, you know, but it immediately shut me down. I dropped my stick, I'm like, that's my eye, and I, I completely was unable to continue until I verified that I wasn't, you know, missing an eye or that my eye wasn't hanging from the socket. Uh, the eyes create an immediate visceral reaction to anything coming at them. So even just putting your fingers near somebody's eyes can distract them and give you an opening. But if you can get your fingers into their eyes, that's a powerful technique that requires very little strength because the eyes are super sensitive and there's nothing you can do to make them stronger. There's no eye workout technique you can do um, to, you can make your, I know that there are some techniques supposedly for making your vision stronger. I know our buddy Mike Ox has a whole program involving uh, sort of training your eyesight for better shooting. Uh, but I'm talking about you can't do anything to make your eyelids stronger to resist a finger to the eyeball. So uh, you could do this in one of two ways. You could do it as a buji. That's the Chinese term for, you know, a finger strike, a finger flick to the eyes where your fingers are extended. Or you could do it with your thumbs where you either jam a thumb into somebody's eye or you could grab the sides of the head and really push your fingers in there like you're grabbing a bowling ball. I know that's gross, but we're talking about attacking the eyes, so it's going to be gross. Um, even if you have arthritis like I do, like I can still manage a thumb to the eye. Your thumb is your strongest digit. It's stronger than all your other fingers. So even if your, your fingers individually are not that strong or you're having some, some uh, finger and, and hand strength issues or pain in your hands, just putting your thumb in somebody's eye is pretty easy to do even if you don't flex your fingers. So that's why I have made number one any of these thumb and finger techniques to the eyeballs. Uh, and yes, the eye is a moving target, but you'd be surprised. You get your hand on their head, it's pretty easy to find their eye. And I'm, I'm going on the assumption that if you're fighting somebody, they're going to be on top of you. They're going to be close to you. Um, 
Number two, that brings me to number two, which I jokingly call the squid of anger. And this is a term that was an inside joke in the martial arts class that I used to take. It involves putting your hand on someone's face and digging your fingers into their face and their eyes, sort of moving your fingers like you're like you're kneading their face. And this is a technique that is uh, taught by a lot of reality-based uh, self-defense systems, like Rich Dimitri calls it the shredder. I think Sammy Franco calls it the widowmaker. They're kind of the same thing. Um, I'm sure there are others. And like I said, we, we called it the squid of anger, where you just kind of drape your hand over somebody's face and start digging with your fingers, flexing with your fingers. Uh, if you have finger issues, like, like arthritis issues, it may be hard for you to do that. But it's actually incredibly disconcerting just to have somebody's face on or somebody's hand on your face. Nobody likes that. It is distracting. It is annoying. It, it can get them to flinch and move away to give you an opening. So depending on how much strength you have, if you do have the strength to really dig in with your fingers, great. If you don't, just lay, drape your tentacles across their face and give them the old squid of anger by moving your hand back and forth really fast. You'd be surprised. It is really upsetting when that is done to you. Um, Number three, and this is, I, I say this to you as someone who, as he's getting older, is noticing that it's a little harder to take really high steps than it used to be, uh, and that is attacking the shins and the ankles on your attacker. Um, getting kicked in the shin really hurts. It's very painful, as anyone who's ever encountered their coffee table at three in the morning can tell you. Uh, getting stomped on the ankle can actually stop someone uh, in their tracks. It can actually stop them from continuing fighting because the ankles are pretty fragile. Even people who are relatively fit sometimes can have crackly or crappy ankles. I, I, I myself do not have great ankles. My doctor once was like, I, I don't want to offend you, but you kind of have the ankles of an old woman. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm offended now, but also reality. So your, your ankles can just be weak. Um, and even strong people getting kicked or stomped in the ankles is not fun. You can stomp the ankle without lifting your foot very much. So it's something that, especially if you have limited mobility, is easier to do. And if you're a little heavier than you should be, again, like me, I, basically I'm coming off like a wreck in this podcast. But if you're a little heavier than you should be, that weight can be used to your advantage. You just use gravity and you drop your body weight onto their ankle with, with your foot. And that can really mess them up. You can sort of rake with the edge of your foot in what's called a soccer kick. Picture kicking a soccer ball with the edge of your foot. Um, you can drag the edge of your foot up and down somebody's shin. That's painful too. Um, depending on what type of shoes you're wearing, especially if you're one of those people who's into like uh, steel-toed shoes, you can really mess somebody's uh, shin up uh, with, with your toe or with the, the edge of your, your shoe. And uh, stomping on the ankle is absolutely a powerful powerful technique. So consider doing that. Okay, number four, if you're an older person, you definitely need to consider force multipliers. It is a fact. The reason force multipliers exist is to make it easier for you to do more work with less effort, with less muscle. So when you're using your force multiplier, uh, remember that that's what it's doing. It is giving you, the weaker older person, the ability to use more force than you could without that tool. Obviously, the best tool for force multiplication is a firearm. But as an older person, think about how hard it is to rack the slide on like a 1911, depending on what gun it is. I know some guns have butter smooth slides. I used to have a Beretta 92 that, oh, it was so smooth. But there are other guns where it's a lot harder to rack that slide. You may even have family members who are unable to rack the slide of that gun. 
So think about that. If you're starting to have uh, hand pain or arthritis or other or other issues like that, um, and I keep mentioning arthritis, one of the products that we've offered in the past are our Tactiballs product, which <laughs> I have to admit I enjoy it because we get to talk about Jeff's balls all the time when we talk about the Tactiballs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the I remember one of the training videos was like grab your balls and get started and it just I don't know the 12 year old in me is very amused by that I don't I don't know if we currently offer that product but we may again in the future and I have some and it's good for um, working your hands to try and develop a little better flexibility anyway uh, consider if you are an older person relying on a firearm for self-defense a revolver or even a gun with a tip-up barrel that lets you insert that first round manually might be a better option than a gun that requires you to rack the slide, especially if there's a lot of muscle power required to rack that slide. Um, as you get older, that is something you need to think about. One of the most powerful weapons, of course, for older people to defend themselves is the knife. A razor-sharp knife requires very little muscle to do damage to another person. If you are defending yourself in a lethal force type situation, you, when you have a knife, you are extremely well armed. So I would encourage every older person to train with, practice with, and carry a legal knife because you are not going to do much better than, than a firearm. Uh, you know, obviously the gun is the best option, but if you can't or won't carry a gun, a knife is absolutely the second best option for an older person for self-defense um, because of the, the ratio of muscle power required to damage that it can do. There is just no beating the knife. Um, then I, you could also choose pocket sticks, saps, blackjacks, any, any kind of weighted uh, force tool that concentrates the muscle power you put behind it into a smaller area. That's how coubitons and, and keychains like that work. Uh, that's basically how brass knuckles and any other tool like that works, by concentrating the force of your muscle into a smaller area to make that blow harder, essentially. Now, you have to look at what's legal. Don't use an illegal weapon as a force multiplier. It's just going to cause trouble for you. But most of you live in states where at least some of these things are legal. Um, I happen to live in a state where almost nothing is legal. <laughs> and still we manage. So I'm sure you can find an option among the force multipliers out there that would be legal for you. Those of you living in countries other than the United States, I realize it's harder for you. And I'm sorry. I get it. All right, and that brings me to number five in uh, self-defense techniques for older warriors, and that is the famous meme, call an ambulance, but not for me. There's a meme of an old guy getting mugged, and the guy comes up to him, and I forget if the guy in the meme has a knife or a gun, but he's like, give me your wallet, and the old guy goes, oh, and he you know grabs his chest and bends over, call an ambulance, and then in the next panel, he stands up, and he's got his gun out, and he's like, but not for me, because he used his fake heart attack to give him room to, to bend over and draw his gun uh, in a way that the attacker couldn't see. Um, as an older person, you will be targeted because you look like an easy target. You look like somebody who offers a criminal an easy mark. It is a fact. Criminals love to attack old people for that reason. And the older you get, the more of a potential victim you start to look like. I myself am bald and I have a white beard. That makes me an old man to a huge portion of the population, even though I may not be as old as they think I am. Um, you know, there are probably people who look at me and think I must be 60 years old. I've had, I'm already at this awkward age where when I go in to get a flu shot and, and they're like, are, are you here for the early flu shots for the senior citizens? Because they don't want to come right out and ask, but that's what they're asking. And I'm not yet a senior citizen, thank goodness, but I'm not as far away as I might like. So 
when you look like an old person, and I have no choice but to, then you will draw a certain amount of attention from people who might think that guy looks like he won't be able to fight back. You can use that to your advantage. You can uh, use their overconfidence to sort of lull them into, oh, this is an easy mark. And then if they come at you, you can explode into action and, and take them out. Um, you know, the, the it's a meme, yes, but if pretending to have a heart attack or be in some other kind of multi, me, medical distress that allows you to, uh, you know, take advantage of, of that momentary opening, if, if doing that gets you where you need to go, then do it. You know, this isn't about dignity. It doesn't matter. You, a lot of people tend to think of self-defense as looking cool, like I'm going to look cool and be tough. No, if looking weak allows you to get the opening you need to put one over on the guy attacking you, then by all means, look weak. This isn't about ego and it's not about pride. It's about winning and walking away intact and going home to your family rather than letting someone else victimize you. So that, in a nutshell, is what I would recommend as the best techniques for older warriors, older citizens, people who are maybe senior citizens or getting close like me, people who want to know how to defend themselves when they can't really muscle through it, they don't have the flexibility they once had, they don't have the, the muscle that they once had behind it. Uh, so to review, number one would be thumb and finger techniques to the eyes. Number two would be using any of a, any kind of shredder type technique where you dig your fingers into the face. And I realize that's very similar to number one, but because it's a whole hand technique, I, I view it as something a little bit different. Number three is attacking the shins and ankles, which most people can do without having to lift up their own feet too much. And the ankles especially are very vulnerable. Um, no matter how tough a guy is, no matter how worked out he is, you really can't do much to make your ankles stronger. Uh, number four is force multipliers, uh, especially knives if you're not going to go with guns. A gun is the best option, but you, even then you have to think about, you know, what will I be able to do under stress? What kind of hand strength is required to operate this firearm? If you're not going to carry a gun, carry a knife. If you're not going to carry a knife, there are some other options like pocket sticks and saps and blackjacks. But to me, the knife is the best option for an older person. And then number five is using your status as an older person to lull your attacker into a false sense of confidence to trick him or her so that you can get an opening to counterattack. And that's the call an ambulance but not for me meme. Okay, uh, a lot of people who use old as an insult never stop to think that getting older is a goal to which we all aspire. And really, isn't that what self-defense is? Self-defense is stopping someone from hurting you and stopping you from getting to old age. So to me, that's really what it's all about. I feel strongly about these topics. And, and you know, again, as a person of age, it, it means a lot to me to stay alive and keep people from victimizing me. That is why you're going to want to sign up for our, our private training group website. Uh, if you get in on this founding member deal, it's probably the best deal you're ever going to get on this. Uh, I'm not trying to transition into, by the way, take this deal. I'm saying it's on my mind a lot, and it's why Jeff's not here, because he's busy working on that new private training group site. To get 24 hours notice before we go live to the rest of the world, uh, just go on over to uh, warriorliferready.com slash earlybird. That's warriorliferready.com slash earlybird. I'll also put the link in the description of this podcast uh, so that you can go on over there, put in your name and your email and get on the list to get that 24-hour notification. It is super important. Okay, that's going to about do it for this week. I have been Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson. Until next time, prepare, train, and survive. 
You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.